Located in the Black Hills of South Dakota, Mount Rushmore is a monumental sculpture carved into the side of a mountain, depicting four of the most famous and influential presidents in the history of the United States of America. MC. I have a ringer that's going to blow your mind. Rudy. I'm three beers in and I'm ready to go. Jeremy. I thought I was going to have to fight for that one. Sprout. That completely changed my list. Mount Rushmore, the iconic American landmark carved into the beautiful South Dakota mountain ranges, started as a project in 1927, was finished in 1941. The bulk of it was carved with dynamite, and <clears throat> its existence celebrates um, four of America's most revered presidents, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. The bummer about Mount Rushmore is that uh, it was sort of a dick move to the Lakota Sioux Native American who um, viewed those lands as sacred, but the U.S. government kind of came in and did government things and said, we're going to put our faces here. So this podcast is not necessarily celebrating Mount Rushmore, but rather the concept of four iconic things, people, um, uh, representation of different topics that we choose to debate. My name is MC. I am here uh, with three esteemed co-hosts, Jeremy, Spro, and Rudy. Let's start with Rudy. Rudy, how you doing? I'm fantastic, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm okay. Told you before we started recording, I got my gallbladder out, so I'm about 0.3 ounces lighter, feeling good. Fitness is my life. So are you ready? Do you have your list, Rudy? Are you ready to go? Oh, this list is ever-changing, but it's locked in and I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. Um, Jeremy, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, and I've been looking forward to this for some time. I know we've had a lot of these conversations on our own, so it's great to take this now to a wider forum and get some real definitive answers. And that's that's a good point. That's where this idea kind of came from. Um, Jeremy and I just sort of texting like, hey, who would you put on your Mount Rushmore of dot, dot, dot. And um, last but not least, who you might recognize as um, my good friend and co-host on our other podcast, Second Chance Cinema, Spro. Spro, how are you? I, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. My, I put my list on a legal pad to make it a legal document because I feel nice. like that's how that works. Nice. That's that, I don't see a problem with that. That seems perfectly. That's like uh, mailing yourself. Uh, what was it like mailing yourself a document in a stamped envelope and then not opening it. And somehow that's like legal by the government. I think that was a myth yeah. like in high school, like the same time that that thing about Marilyn Manson and his ribs was popular. It was one of those types of myths or whatever, but whatever. So <clears throat> Mount Rushmore. I'm going to start with a question for you guys because I thought this was interesting. And um, since this is our second take, you already know the answer, but I want you to tell me what you thought the first time. How much did it cost to build Mount Rush? I think my my answer was the ridiculous like $64 million in 1927 money. $64 million. Rudy, what did you think? <laughs> uh, it, it seems like so long ago. I feel like I said $60 million. $60 million. It was, it was a good 10 minutes ago, so I'm not surprised that you forgot. And Jeremy, what did you estimate? I remember yours was a little lower, a little more conservative. I went low. I was going to go Price is Right style and say one dollar. <laughs> Everybody else went over, but I decided uh, I said about fifteen million. Fifteen million. Okay. The actual cost of building Mount Rushmore, um, carving with dynamite, sculpting. Um, they actually had to. Uh, they started carving. I think it was Jefferson on one side, but then it like it didn't look like him, so they had to move to another side and basically restart. The cost of Mount Rushmore nine hundred eighty nine thousand dollars, which today you could buy the average congressman for less than that um and uh 
uh, as I said, it was finished in 1941, so we're we're close to 80 years removed from from the completion of Mount Rushmore, and I think it's time we gave it a face. So. The presidents that we mentioned, Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, and Lincoln, were all chosen for various reasons. Washington, of course, the first president and laid the foundation for democracy. Jefferson, the Louisiana Purchase, which expanded America, uh, America's reach greatly, and also his role in the genesis of the Declaration of Independence, which Nicolas Cage would later steal. Roosevelt, who had a, a role in the Industrial Revolution and his efforts for conser- conservation. And then Abraham Lincoln satisfied the people with beards. So <clears throat> looking at those looking at those reasons and those figures behind them, I think what we want to do with this podcast, and this is going to be fluid and evolving because this is our first episode, is carve our own Mount Rushmore based on the topic we have and really try to whittle down our suggestion to create an irrefutable roster of best dot 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 we can think. This topic for today's episode is action heroes. So Jeremy, this is this is one that I know you and I have known each other for a long time and we talk about action movies, you know, regularly. What what do you think what was your criteria to start with as you as you started whittling down your list? Don't give away any of your names, but but how did you go about deciding? So I tried to think about long-lasting impact and then whether that person or that character became the the prototype or the template for other characters to follow. Right. Okay. So that was kind of what I thought was like did they, were they sort of the mold that then every action movie or action character kind of spun out of? Okay. And that's a good point. We're talking today action heroes as characters, not the actors who portrayed them. So these are characters that exist in the canon universe of could be one movie, could be six movies, but definitely the characters rather than the actors. Spro, how did you go about, you mentioned uh, before that your list was quite lengthy to start. How did you go about eliminating and cutting down? I think I did I, I did the same thing that Jeremy did of just kind of, you you kind of, people think action heroes, I think they, they automatically go to some of like the 80s greats and whatnot but then I kind of as I was evolving my thinking was like but who would I trust now like who if I saw a trailer for for a character or an action hero or an actor playing a specific character who would I then say I'm 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 a hundred percent there opening weekend and that okay. kind of that completely changed my list so that that's interesting because I really I didn't think about that necessarily at all or at least not for a majority of my picks <clears throat> and I think one of the interesting things too is how much we've kept our list secret from each other for about probably close to three weeks or maybe a month but we have been texting back and forth like oh man I have a ringer that's going to blow your mind and, and just sort of like hyping up the not the specific names but sort of the vibes of our lists Rudy you mentioned that um, you have you have a ringer in the bank without giving away the name. How did you how did you come upon this this person? I I, I came upon this person. So I was like breadth of films, right? And so I was like, okay, so this character it, it has a lasting, endearing like quality, right, across multiple films. But then I was, you know, it was you like like Spro and Jeremy said. I mean, the they were the character is the mold for other characters down the road and okay. uh, one of my one of my biggest criteria is like badass action sequences so that's okay. kind of what formed so we've got <clears throat> each of you guys said different things said you know long lasting prototypical star power in terms of just like box office and and generating interest in the movie 
and then even specific scenes or maybe even specific stunts or whatever. I came up with some qualifications too. Mine are a little more um, idealistic, I think. Stuff like doing the right thing, protecting a loved one, acting under pressure, that sort of thing. So I think I think we've got some good criteria and I think it's time to get into the names. Now, the way we're going to do this, and again, this, this could change because we're going to see how well it works, is going to be like a game of Go Fish. So <clears throat> I've got a wheel with all of our names on it and I'm going to spin it. And whoever's name gets called is, is going to release their first character. Now, it can be the one that you're most adamant about, the one that you would argue in favor of all your other picks or it can be your ringer decide whatever you want and then from there we're going to see if anyone else has that character specifically on their list if they do that's a good indication that that character is going to go far in the process and then we're going to go around one at a time taking turns with that same kind of process so potentially i don't think this will happen but potentially we could come up with 16 different names that we're going to have to go through and eliminate and and discuss any final words before i spin the wheel bro my like my ch- i don't know like i'm su- like it, no <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you sound like you're still paring down your list as i'm talking i i'm staring at it and i'm like my chest is clenching up and it's like you're gonna have to fight with everything you have to try and get one of these guys or girls on rushmore very i mean that's true i mean and this isn't necessarily a thing i, I like to think that by the end of these episodes we'll all be maybe not a hundred percent agreement but at least sort of on the same page where agree to disagree, if anything. Maybe not. We could end up not being friends after this first episode. I don't know. That's the excitement. I vote Rudy off the island already. Okay, is that fair. what we're playing? Is that, how, is that the rules? Well, we'll wait, and see how, we'll, wait and see, we'll wait and see how belligerent Rudy gets toward the end. Okay, so we'll, uh, Rudy, last words? Uh, I'm, I'm three beers in and I'm ready to go. All right. <laughs> Jeremy, what about you? Uh, no, nothing more to say. Let's just let's, uh, hit the ground running. All right, here we go. I'm going to spin the wheel. Ready? Here we go. Jeremy, let's hear your first pick. Okay. I feel like we need like a timpani roll or something. I'll add one in. Okay. <laughs> so my first one's going to be one that let's just kind of, it's one of those like like in uh, Bad Boys when he starts doing the uh, Miranda rights in the car and he says, I'm getting it out the way. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get this one out of the way because I have a feeling this one's this name is going to show up on other lists. I could be wrong, but I'm going to hit it, see what happens. John McClane. John McClane. Die hard John McClane. Every man, cop, finds himself in unbelievable situations. Okay, so let's start by saying, go fish. Does anybody have any John McClane's? I'll start by saying he was on my list. He was on my list. Bro? He was He was not on my list. Okay, mm. so we've got three votes for John McClane right now. And, and I just we'll want to in- say, like, oh. Uh, no, why go. was he not on your list? Why are you a John McClane hater? Yeah. It was the trust factor. That last movie was so abominable that I was like, I don't know if I would be excited to see Bruce Willis in a trailer playing John McClane in another see, Die Hard. There it is, though. You said Bruce Willis. You didn't say John McClane. True. Ooh. Now, Maybe so, if somebody else was playing John McClane? <laughs> a good day to Die Hard was reprehensibly bad. But two things. One, for me, that character wasn't John McClane anymore. Like, I don't know. What, he was like, you know, like somebody had taken, it was like a, like a, you know, like a, I don't know, like a pod person version of John McClane. Like he looked like John McClane. He said things like John McClane. He said, yippee ki motherfucker, and all this other stuff. 
But there wasn't John McClane. Didn't he say "Yippee Kaye, Mother Russia"? Wasn't that the tagline? <laughs> that was the tagline. <laughs> it was a tagline. <laughs> oh, All right, so, so let's let's but, let's move through the list so that we can at least okay. get everybody on the board. Then we'll go back and discuss. So next on the wheel is Rudy. All right, uh, my uh, next on my list is Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. Does anybody have Jason Bourne? I do not, bro. No, not I do on my not. Ha- I do not have Jason Bourne. But I'll be honest, that's not one. One that I considered, but I can see easily making a case for it. Spro, you're he was on my long list. Well, your long Jason list was Bourne like was 20 people. List. Your long list was like 20 yeah. people. So yeah, I think I think uh, Buzz, Light, Buzz Lightyear was on your long list. <laughs> um, this one I feel like is uh, just a staple. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out James Bond. James Bond. Okay. Did anybody else have James Bond? Go fish. I had James. So we've got two for James Bond. Jeremy had James Bond. Rudy had a go fish. Okay. My first pick ellen ripley did anybody have wow. did anybody have ellen ripley i had I ellen ripley and i really thought i thought i was gonna have to fight for that one who else had ellen ripley stroke yep all right so we've got three for ellen ripley back to jeremy so my last one i was saving ellen ripley because i really thought that was going to be like the hand grenade that got thrown into the conversation okay but uh but obviously um i was wrong so my next one is is another layup uh but well deserved i think is the terminator okay so specify we're talking about which which terminator ah uh, good question i guess okay okay i was just saying the terminator across the board but i guess terminator 2 terminator is the terminator that has now endured as the terminator so that was the so, T, the t800 right was what his model number was yes cyberdyne systems 101 <laughs> the, t, the t800 <laughs> cyberdyne t800. Systems 101 did anybody else but, have the t800 no go fish i did not i'll be honest that was on my initial list as well and i think for the reason that you just specified the fact that terminator 2 was just so groundbreaking yeah because terminator 1 terminator is also a t-800 right. but i would not say that that is the terminator that would go on mount rush right okay good good call okay rudy you're up okay i okay well let's see uh <clears throat> i chose El Mariachi. Wow, from Desperado? Wow. Yeah, nice. from El, El Mariachi, Mariachi, Desperado, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. El Mariachi. Did anybody, was that your ringer? Yeah, that was my ringer. <laughs> Man, I don't, I, no, you know what? I don't I don't disagree with that, but I, I did not have him on my list. Did anybody else? I no. did not. El not Mariachi. A- that might be the ringer of all ringers. All right, let's keep going. We've got some good ones so far. Spro, go ahead. Um, The next one I have is Ethan Hunt. Okay. From the Mission Impossible franchise. Ethan Hunt. Now that's... So we're talking about the contemporary Mission Impossible franchise that started in like 1995, right? Yep. Six films, three and a half billion revenue. Wow. You did your yeah, research. Ethan Hunt didn't exist on the show. Oh, he didn't? No. He was created for the movies. Jim Phelps was the hero of the show. Was that uh, uh, was that Martin Landau? John Voight. Who was John Voight in the movie? I don't remember who played him on the show. Wasn't Martin Landau Mission Impossible? I remember seeing an interview where like, he was. was he? He got angry at Kennedy. Yeah, he was. Right? He, yeah. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah, he had this big like hissy fit because somebody didn't know who he was. <laughs> like, dude, I don't know who you are either. And it and it says your name on the screen. <laughs> so, all right, rest in peace, Martin Lando. I don't actually know if he's dead, but you know, he's he's safe dead. Dead. He's dead. Okay. All right. I think um, actually I said that with authority, but now I'm not sure. <laughs> no, he so, did. Spro, Spro, that was you, Ethan Hunt. Okay, so it's my turn. John Wick. Okay. Does anybody have John Wick? I do not. No, I almost did. I I really considered it, but he. 
he didn't make the cut at the last minute, but he was close. Okay. So John Wick was not my ringer. I have my ringer still left, but I think I've got a good argument for John Wick. All right. Uh, this would be the final round, unless there's there's a chance that all of your all of your selections have already been put up on the board, which is good because that means we're kind of all on the same page. So if anybody's got anything different or anyone we haven't discussed, we'll go around one more time. Jeremy. Yes. You're looking for my last one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, my last one was James Bond. I had that. Oh, okay. Um, so right. all, so, so yeah. all of yours have been, oh, except the T800 have been echoed at least once by, by someone else. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Rudy. <clears throat> all right. Stay with, um, I, my last one is the bride, uh, from Kill Bill. Okay. Mm, all right. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Listen to this. These are that's not one that I would have considered, but I think that's you could make a huge argument for that. Spro, go ahead. Uh, my last one is Jack Traven from Speed. Wow, good one. So there's a potential, depending on our arguments, there's a potential for two Keanu Reeves's faces on um, on this Mount Rushmore. <laughs> you could do a Keanu Reeves Mount Rushmore. Let's be honest. You could do a Keanu Reeves Mount Rushmore. That's true. <laughs> I mean, Neo. You know, uh, you know Johnny Utah. Uh, Ted. Who? What? Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ted Theodore Logan. John, like, Johnny Mnemonic. Let's not leave that up. <laughs> All right. My last one. This is my ringer. And I'm almost curious to know if you guys are going to recognize the name uh, as soon as I say it. Because I feel like there's going to be a beat where you think about it. And then you're like, oh, yeah, he's from. And then, you know, the movie. Dr. Alan Grant. <laughs> now, Jeremy, Jeremy, was that a laugh of disgust or like was. <laughs> no, it was a laugh of like surprise of like, oh, like, yeah, of course. So, you know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't understand, well, I don't understand why you guys are laughing. <laughs> when we get into the debate, like we're going to, I've got things to say. On All this. right, kick it off. But That's the debate. Interesting. That's the last one. <laughs> let's, let's run down the list real quick. So we've got John McLean already has three votes. Jason Bourne, James Bond has two votes. Ellen Ripley has three votes. T-800, El Mariachi, Ethan Hunt, John Wick, The Bride, Jack Traven, and Dr. Alan Grant. Why don't you guys go ahead and, 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 and Jeremy, you seem like you had something to say. I have things to say about Alan Grant. Yes. Go ahead. So I don't know if I would say he's an action hero because he spends the entire movie reacting to everything. Like Ooh. he never really, except for when he goes and saves the kids, I guess. But like he never really is a an action hero as much as he is sort of just running from danger. Kind of like kind of like John McClane, right? Ooh. But John McClane does take a lot of, I mean, he throws a whole chair full of C4 down an elevator shaft. Well, you know, Alan Grant. Alan Grant. Alan Grant runs with a road flare away from the T Rex toward the toilet. He does. I, I mentioned that they go in, he does take initiative to save the kids, but um, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm, and I'm not saying he's not a hero. I just wonder is like is you know I'm trying to think of like of the Jurassic Park franchise. Are there other characters who are more action heroes? Would you have picked? Maybe would you not. have picked Dodgson? Dodgson. We got Dodgson, Dodgson, Dodgson here. I would not pick Dodgson, even though he did have the secret agent hat right. as. As um, Nedry pointed so, out, so like, I wasn't like, expecting. Well, well, Alan Grant, Rudy Spro, do you guys have anything to say about that ringer pick? Um, I like Jeremy's argument. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm with Jeremy as well. I, I feel like he, as as an action star, you can say, oh, he's like a super educated action, like you know, action based character. But if I'm gonna go super educated, I would have chose like Indiana Jones over Alan Grant. 
I'm yeah. very surprised that no one picked Indiana Jones, to be honest. And and I will I will be honest. I wasn't expecting Alan Grant to go far, but I thought he would be a good ringer pick because, like I said, he he when I when I set my list of qualifications, he checked off every box. And he's the character I thought of, I told you this before the show, right as they stuck the swab up my nose for my COVID test. So whatever part of my brain they touched was the Alan Grant part of my brain. And I was like, oh, he checks off all the boxes. I'm gonna throw him in. All right. So I think we can agree to cross Alan Grant off. Now, Spro, talk about Jack Traven because he's a hero who no doubt saves the day and is incredible in terms of, you know, managing the crises and the movie and everything. But he didn't come back for Speed 2 Cruise Control. And that to me is 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 pretty damning. Well, here's okay. So can I evolve my pick because of the argument that I'm about to make? Uh, you can do whatever you want. There, th- This is like the Wild West. All right. Because I was the only one that picked Jack Traven, I'm going to evolve it to Johnny Utah. And the reason why I want to do this is because I think without, I forgot about Johnny Utah, but I think without Johnny Utah, without um, that character coming onto the screen, that character, we would not get Jack Traven. We wouldn't get Neo and we wouldn't get John Wick without those characters. Okay. Existing, so you without think Johnny Utah. Existing. And, and we wouldn't get Fast and the Furious, I think. Because oh, true. Oh, yeah. Fast and the Furious is basically a remake of Point Break. And I would argue that Paul Walker's character is very much cut of the out of the Johnny Utah oh, cloth. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So that makes a good that makes a really good argument for um, Jeremy. I think it was your criteria of sort of like creating a mold of a character because yeah, I mean you're exactly right. The Paul Walker character in Fast and the Furious is a cop who infiltrates a gang with the intention of taking them down, but then he befriends them and eventually joins them and blah 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 for nine movies and um, you know uh, uh, jumps a car from a building to a building and drives a car up to space and whatever. That's a very good argument for like the prototypical archetype of that type of character. So Rudy, I'm curious, between El Mariachi and The Bride, those are two that I that I never considered. What would you say specifically I think I'm curious to know about El Mariachi? So the reason I chose El Mariachi, I'm a sucker for revenge, righteousness. Like, and to avenge the woman you love multiple times is, I mean, there's nothing more righteous than that. Like, and the the concept of just this everyman guitar playing just mariachi that can just blow shit up like he he's not a marksman he's not like he doesn't have any kind of super skill he's not trained or a professional he just has a desire for revenge and that's what drives and that's what i was like that's perfect right there and i'm like i said in the beginning i'm a sucker for a good action sequence in like desperado the bar scene oh Come on, that that bar gunfight in in Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh man, him pulling the the little sawed-off shotgun out of the guitar, man, it's iconic. So the so two things. I what I, my favorite scene from Desperado is the beginning where he's walking across the bar and the guys harassing the girl and he decks him with the head of his guitar and the blood and then he keeps playing like doesn't miss a beat and the guitar doesn't even go out of tune, which is just amazing. And that's a movie that I don't think I've seen enough times i've seen it a bunch but not enough times to really make an impression at least for Mm -hmm. this list but what you said was that his motives were noble which Mm -hmm. is exactly why i picked john wick because three movies worth of destruction were kicked off because russian gangsters murdered his puppy and this this might be taking a little 
you know, personal stake in it. But when I saw that movie in the theaters, that part broke my heart to the point where I had to walk out. I didn't see the whole movie in the theater after when when the dog thing happened. I was like, I can't deal with this. A lot of other shit was going on in my life at the time. But watching it later, after I knew it was coming and was able to prepare for it, he gets drawn into several situations, three movies worth of extenuating circumstances that while fantastic and and potentially ridiculous are navigated in such a real way which is him you know taking the time to reload his gun or him you know getting getting hit and getting hurt and things like that to where i think he blends the everyman of john mcclain with a more super heroic kind of action hero like nick fury or the punisher or something like that thoughts yeah i, have no I would argument. agree with john wick oh, yeah which i have is- no argument oh, against john wick i just my i he was on my long list i'll throw that out there <laughs> jeremy what were you yeah. gonna say I was going to say, John Wick is like the action hero of today. Like there's nobody, there's no other franchise right now that I think has that level of action, has that level of intensity, that level of story that, you know, it's an evolving story. And uh, I think, you know, has that passionate fan base too. Like like back in the eighties, there were three, four different franchises. There were the high tier ones with Schwarzenegger and Stallone. And then you got down to your Van Dams and then your Jeff Speakman <laughs> at the bottom of the barrel. And your, uh, you know, your Kurt like, Thomas, Jim Cotta, rest in peace. <laughs> God, Jim Cotta. Oh, Jim yes, <laughs> rest in Jim peace. Cotta. Rest in peace. So it's like you had so many different. You had Chuck Norris, uh, you know, and all of his movies you know uh, there were so many different acts Steven Seagal so many different action heroes you don't have that now and I feel like John Wick is like the action hero of the moment I feel like so. um, John Wick too and and this is kind of a nod to an episode of Second Chance Cinema we did Spro when we talked about the movie Equilibrium which sort mm-hmm. of introduced the gun fu air quotes style of combat where it's it's just as much about artillery and bullets as it is about like hand to hand combat and I feel like the John Wick universe took that to a new level to the point where it's being emulated and it's it's almost at a point where again talking back about like prototypical you know action heroes I feel like I feel like that laid the foundation for a lot of movies trying to emulate it I think so too I also think it made gun fu legit like equilibrium was kind of a movie that everybody goofed on and they goofed on the whole gun fu thing you know and it was like so, so it's like a silly term and uh it was kind of like like Jim Cotta like it was something that people just laughed about don't you make fun but of like, Jim Cotta on the show Jim. no 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 I'm, I'm saying people did I'm not saying uh-huh. I did never, never but I think like that whole concept was kind of seen as silly by some people and then John Wick made it actually something that you know felt legit and felt real and became a thing and now I think you are starting to see more and more I saw there was some movie with Bruce Willis and uh and it said like it was like once upon a time in Venice or something and it was him and he's standing there he's got guns and he's standing next to a dog and I was like oh okay so like Bruce Willis is trying to have his John Wick movie now I guess mm-hmm. I don't know what the movie was about but they were obviously trying to tap into the John Wick I, I was about to say genre and I said John Wick tap into the but, um, John, <laughs> John Wick the John Wick brother John Wick. we'll have to work on yeah, that yeah trying to tap into that All right. John Wick so I'm going to put a star next to John Wick because everybody seems to have positive things to say about him doesn't mean he's on the list but he's a contender Spro oh yeah no Oh, I was just going to say, like, I, I find it interesting. Nobody put Neo for their... I didn't put Neo because Neo was not... I considered it, but Neo as a character, to me, was not interesting. And he was so not interesting that I don't even think I saw all the movies. Like, what was interesting about The Matrix <laughs> was 
the cinematography and the novelty and the story was was interesting but like the character of neo i i i think you could have gotten anyone to play him and it would have been the same i think what the uh but it's the the yeah i guess i'm just thinking of like the matrix movies with the bullet time which i think See, that, that inspired gunkata and well right and but uh, for this list that has nothing to do with neo the character it could have been anybody dodging those bullets like that well i also in feel fact, like in, no go ahead I, no i was gonna say i feel like neo is kind Kind of superhuman like okay. he doesn't he doesn't really strike me as a mortal individual that's kind of how i went about it i was like you know yeah he gets shot he'll bleed but he's also the one and can you know stand up from all the shots but you know okay. he's the most woke <laughs> he is get it that's true. <laughs> and actually i mentioned what i was going to say before he i said it could have been anyone dodging those bullets and in 1998's blade it was steven dorf who dodged the first bullet time bullet look it up oh yeah so yeah. <clears throat> um the other one that that uh oh what i was going to say is spro you picked ethan hunt and rudy i think you picked jason bourne i feel like those are two similar picks with both uh, great cases for them. Spro, tell me why you picked Ethan Hunt. Uh, well, I picked Ethan Hunt only because he is the star of every movie. He carries every movie. So he is the action hero of every movie. And not only that, but his movies keep getting more and more stunt driven um, and keep delivering on that. Like it's never really, they keep rowing and evolving to, to insane levels, but in the same instance, they're not going, other than then Mission Impossible 2, where John Woo just was ridiculous. They never seem to get out of uh, they ne- the stunts never seem to get in the way of believing that Ethan Hunt is actually accomplishing his goals. So I think he's a very believable action hero. And I think, like like I said, it's all about trust. If if another Ethan Hunt movie comes out, I will be in the theater to see it. Okay. Jeremy, I know you're a big fan of the Mission Impossible movies. Do you agree with all that? 100%. Yeah, I think it's a great choice. Because to me, like, I've been a Bond fan forever. And that's why, you know, and that's why Bond is on my list. And, and and, you know, we could talk about the impact of Bond uh, down the road if we want. But to me, at this point, where the Bond franchise is, it's been surpassed now by Mission Impossible. Because Mission Impossible does all the things that made Bond great without all the other stuff that's dragging Bond down for me. Um, and, and, and you know, it's the fact that, you know, like after the third Mission Impossible, um, the franchise wasn't really going anywhere. You know, that movie was not as much of a success. The second one was awful. And then the third one was kind of like, okay, but I think there was still some bad will from the second one. Not, it, people didn't turn out for it. And it wasn't until uh, Ghost Protocol came out and you have Tom Cruise climbing the uh, tower in Dubai that people were like, oh, wait a minute. Like, these movies are actually worth considering. And they've just, you know, evolved out of that. So it was kind of a franchise that was on its last leg. And through sheer force of will and ingenuity and pushing the envelope, Tom Cruise revitalized it and now has made that character, I think, a really important character in action cinema. Okay. So, so Rudy, talk about Jay. Jason Bourne and why it sounds like there could be a, an argument very similar to the Ethan Hunt argument. Well, why did you pick Jason Bourne? I guess it could be kind of similar. I enjoy Ethan Hunt. I enjoy the Mission Impossible movies. I feel like Jason Bourne is more accessible. Like Ethan Hunt has a machine that makes him, his face look like someone else's. <laughs> Jason Bourne has a passport with his picture on it, just a different name. You know, like it's like he's, I think he's more gritty. It's more, I just Realistic. feel like it's more real that's it realistic i feel it's totally realistic in the sense that like i mean he's not trying to hide who he is and he will beat the hell out of him. i mean in the first in the first movie he's 
just trying to figure out who he is, right? And then, bam, they kill the woman he loves. And he's going to tear everything down after that. And I love that. Re- revenge, that noble quest. And that's so- the second, That's the second revenge because your lover's been killed selection you've made. You're very romantic. You're, you're quite the Lothario. You're going to be our, um, you're going to be like our, uh, if we were a boy band, you'd be like the, the one who talks in the I- bridge like, baby, you know you so yeah. That's you. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty accurate. <clears throat> but again, all good points. So you mentioned James Bond, Jeremy, and I, I can't argue intelligently about James Bond because as I've confessed before, I've never seen a James Bond movie all the way through. But to me, that character has been played by so many people over the course of so many movies that objectively are great, good, fair terrible to me it's the inconsistency that that kept me from putting james bond on my list what do you guys think so my thing is you're right and to to a point but what why i would include him on the list is because all the things that make bond bond and that have survived through all the various incarnations are action movie tropes now at this point the gadgets cool cars international locations are you talking about austin powers or are you talking about (laughs) austin powers definitely a lot of damage to Bond, I think, you know, because especially like you can't look at Blofeld anymore and not think of Dr. Evil. It's really kind of ruined. But I think that like all the things that, you know, that people enjoy about action movies uh, started with Bond, you know, uh, that Bond was the first franchise, really. You know, people weren't, I mean, somebody who maybe is more of a scholar of 50s cinema could prove me wrong, but I don't think there were really franchises before James Bond where people were doing sequels and, you know, multiple incarnations and, and crack out movies every couple of years and everything until Bond and that and it became a thing and there was crossovers there were albums and there were parodies and so it just became like a pop culture thing and so I feel like it's so woven into the fabric of what makes action movies and what makes an action hero you know I mean look at True Lies I mean the opening scene of True Lies is a direct reference to um, Goldfinger when he takes off the wetsuit and he's got the tuxedo on yeah I noticed nobody put Harry Rehnquist on their list that's a that's a shame Um, (laughs) yeah not so, <laughs> so, so James Bond was one of the candidates that had two votes, and that was you and Spro. That brings us sort of to John McLean and Ellen Ripley. Now, Ellen Ripley was one that I came to pretty early on. Um, definitely not just for the sake of having a woman on the list, but here are her qualifications. And tell me if I miss any. She saves the world. She saves herself. She saves the cat. She still finds time to craft one last log entry to tell the world what has transpired and what she's done to keep the monsters at bay. She's the sole human survivor of the uh, let's see, USCSS Nostromo Xenomorph encounter. She holds the record for the longest recorded hypersleep. She survived the first Hadley's Hope mining colony xenomorph infestation and she killed a xenomorph queen. Now, if I'm reading resumes without names on them, I feel like I want that one on my Mount Rushmore. I, yeah, I thought I was going to come in with Ellen Ripley because I was like, oh man, I'm going to be, you know, sitting in a room uh, virtually with with three other dudes and I'm going to just throw the Ellen Ripley bomb out and be like yeah argue with that sexist but the uh, so your the, strategy was entrap- was entrapment the whole time yeah pretty much and then it got ruined so but it's as you know as far as like the numbers go you know it's it's a lasting thing 1979 it's the franchise that she spawned is six billion dollars um, bo- 
But really, as you were talking, I was thinking one of the things that I've never, I didn't think about when we were putting together lists is how much you root for the individual. And really in Aliens, which is the second one in the series, when Ellen Ripley comes out in that yellow construction suit, power she says, get a- yeah, get away from her, you bitch. Like I, I remember being, I forget when that film came out, but I remember being a young lad and just being like, you know, like yeah. probably the first time that as an action, like as a guy that grew up watching Predator and Commando and Rambo and, you know, all the old greats of Sylvester Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Seagal, that was like the first time that I could cheer on, you know, a woman. And it, I think it had a profound impact on me. So I'm, I'm, I'm a huge stand for Ellen Ripley being on our. So if, if we're, if we're trying to attribute our picks to the actual Mount Rushmore, it sounds like her being sort of the, the, the prototype female action hero who you know really set a standard she's kind of like she could be considered the george washington (laughs) in that way in that regard yeah because also with the exception of sarah connor when to this day when people create a or talk about a strong female character ellen ripley's name is always in the conversation and is always the the uh, archetype that i think that people try to fit into and they try to recreate sometimes with you know varying results so that that's a good uh, segue then into Rudy's pick that we haven't talked about, The Bride. And I feel like I'm noticing a theme in a lot of Rudy's picks, which is revenge. Um, <laughs> yes, so, yes. That's the third revenge. So talk about The Bride. So full disclosure, guys, I I was like, yeah, Ripley. She was the first one on my list. And she was the last person I bumped from my list. And I bumped her for The Bride because I need. I feel like El, uh, Ripley got a, like, I, wasn't she like reincarnated? Or something. Didn't she, she cloned, die yeah. and mm-hmm. come back to life? And mm-hmm. so I'm like, that's not accessible. Getting okay. shot at the altar in the head and then <laughs> being in Coming a coma for four months. Yeah, being in a coma, that's accessible. And, you know, um, the Kill Bill franchise, that was just like, I, it was something so unique and fresh about it at the time, I remember. And just being just in love with the character. And, and um, like you you said, I'm a, I'm a sucker for revenge and to see this woman hell hath no fury am i right so she just lays waste lays waste to every and so i felt that you know that that's why she was on my list because she is strong she starts out like you don't really expect it you know this this pregnant feminine beautiful uma thurman at a wedding you don't see her eventually ripping somebody's eye out you know uh, progress through the film, so right, okay. I, that's why I chose that. I mean, all all certainly good points. Um, the fact that you had Ellen Ripley on your list initially uh, makes me think that she's kind of our first official lock for this Mount Rushmore. Would everybody agree? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm, Ellen Ripley. I'm down and well, I'm proud of ourselves. I'm welcome to Mount Rushmore. Well, Mount, <laughs> and and so. Uh, if if Spro, I, I welcome you to try and dissuade all of the people who put John McClane because right now he's looking like our second lock. I mean, really, just my argument is that uh, I was not I was not happy with all. Well, we had five incarnations of him, and I would probably revisit only two of them. Two out of five are movies that, if they were on, I would sit down and watch. Like, be like, oh, I'm not going to change the channel. Two, four, and five, I I would I would choose something else 
over it. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, like the first movie is, uh, you know, people say like speed is die hard on a bus. But that's that's the script. That's the story. That wasn't John McClane itself. The character of John McClane didn't evolve into all these other pieces. Is but my... arguably, if, if we're talking about the prototype theory, the fact that you can call speed die hard on a bus means that John McClane did something pretty epic in establishing well, that's, that's that, the I feel like that's that the plot. Genre. That's the storyline. That's the, you know, John McClane started as the detective starring Frank Sinatra was the where the, you know, the whole character was derived from out of the books. And then Roderick Thorpe wrote the I don't know if I'm getting like way off <laughs> track. No, it's keep, like the, bringing going, in the novels uh, because it was. Uh, oh, crap. It's it, I'm being lost on like what the book was. What the book was called. Nothing lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever. Nothing lasts forever. By Roderick yeah. Thorpe. It was the book. Yep. Yeah. So this is where things um, get dicey. This is where our friendship is tested because three three votes for John McClane. Spro, can we agree to disagree that John McClane deserves to be on Mount Rushmore? I would like to see who our other two picks are before we put John McClane up there. Okay, well, the only one we haven't talked about in depth is the T-800. So, Jeremy, you want to give an argument for that? I do, but I want to have one more thing to say on John McClane real quick. It's just that, yes, the sequels are, are you know, of arguable quality, but the shadow that Die Hard itself casts, and not just the film, but the character of John McClane changed action hero and that action heroes were never allowed to show any kind of weakness they were never allowed to really bleed or be in pain or even show vulnerability <laughs> exactly that was a year, just a year prior jesse ventura told us that he ain't got time to bleed and then he started um, but, saying thermite paint you thermite spirits area 51 to government <laughs> but <laughs> jesse storms the gates of area 51 <laughs> but anyway i'm sorry we're digressing um so before that yeah action heroes couldn't bleed they couldn't show weakness they couldn't show vulnerability and then suddenly you have john mcclain he's barefoot he's cut up his feet he's on the radio crying about his wife and saying that he's sorry for the way he treated her and all this other stuff and uh, also didn't want to be in that situation. Like the first thing John McClane does is call the cops because he doesn't want to, uh, or he calls the fire department because he doesn't want to be in that situation. And that kind of changed the the template for what suddenly action heroes could be ordinary guys thrust into extraordinary situations. Mm-hmm. So, so is he an, and you and that see an ordinary hero then? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I so. feel like he's an everyman though. I think there's a difference between he an is. everyman and an ordinary hero. And I think everything Jeremy said is right because the action hero John McClane was was facing insurmountable odds and triumphed and I think that that's a big big feather in the cap of anyone who we would choose aren't they all isn't that like the that's the storyline of an action movie though they're all you know I think so I think that's definitely a great point but I think that his was constructed with so much um, so much at stake and like Jeremy said so much vulnerability that it was one of those things where it was like man how is he going to get out of it? But then he does. So if we so, put John McClane, well, if, uh, if we put John McClane on Rushmore, we're only play, putting him on because of Die Hard 1? Well, see that... I, I think I, I would say yeah, I, I would argue that too, but I mean I think I think the the remaining diehards did get worse as they went along, but I still think Die Hard Two and Die Hard Three especially had um, you know elements that could add to the argument. I mean, absolutely, and Die Hard Three especially because he's just uh, you know at his wits end in that. Yeah, movie. I want to. You know, he's drunk. He's you guys are divorced. you guys are a little. I mean, like, what are you talking about? Get worse. 
Come on. I mean, <laughs> Die Hard 2. I can, I can, you can probably talk me into Die Hard 2. Die Hard 3 with Samuel L. Jackson. John McClane has a black friend now? Come on. That's just like. <laughs> he had a black beautiful. friend in the first movie at, at Sergeant Al Powell and no, Argyle. Yeah, he had, he had, yeah. and that, come on. Carl Winslow was helping him. <laughs> not, he wasn't there, you know, he didn't get his comeuppance till the end of the movie. I'm just saying, sorry. No, that was very impassioned, Rudy. We need more of that here. So I, I agree. The trilogy of Die Hard, as it is, you know, one, two, three, are all you know decent movies. But I would say Die Hard one is like that's on the Mount Rushmore of action movies. You know, it's like it, it changed the okay. game. Um, so I will, and I think like arguably you would say Ellen Ripley really what put her what puts her on Mount Rushmore is one movie is Aliens because Alien definitely was you know important, but Aliens was like what elevated her to that to the status that I think she's at. I'd okay. argue that, but I would put I would say I would totally agree with you that Die Hard the movie is unequivocally on Rushmore of action movies. But I mean like, yeah, I just I don't I don't I don't see it with John McClane. I just I don't. But All right. So we'll probably agree to disagree by the end. Okay, you heard it there first. So <clears throat> um so let's talk about the other there were two other ones that uh I'm sorry, there were three other ones that everybody was pretty impassioned about or at least had positive things to say regarding their inclusion. James Bond, Ethan Hunt, and John Wick. Now, James Bond, here's a question. I was going to supplement this by posting on social media a Photoshop job of Mount Rushmore with whoever our picks end up being. James Bond's been played by like five different guys. Who do I put? Timothy Dalton. I guess you'd say. Uh, thank you, Timothy Dalton. <laughs> and that's that's part of the reason why I didn't put James Bond on my list because his character was just, I mean, that was that was a that was a disservice to James Bond. <laughs> but as we I, I also I like Timothy Dalton as Bond. I think that he Spro, can you cut Jeremy off and get him (laughs) just cut his mic? Come on. (laughs) The Living Daylights is a good Bond movie. And it's you know, it gets it's because he only did two movies and the second one was, you know, pretty lousy that he gets forgotten about. But Living Daylights was the Casino Royale of its time, in my opinion. Okay. So look, like I said, I can't argue James Bond intelligently, which means I can't um, exclude him intelligently. So I'm I'm convinced based on just just the iconography of James Bond, I will give him my vote. Rudy, you were one who did not pick him. How do you feel? Um, I mean, if we're going to choose a James Bond based off of my criteria, the most accessible James Bond to me is Daniel Craig. I mean, because as he progresses, you find out he's addicted to some pills and he likes the drink and he's not as sharp as he used to be. You start to see that, you know, James Bond isn't this perfect by with the great hair and never misses a shot stuff like that so i mean if i if i had to choose a bond i would go with uh, daniel craig's bond okay and that's a good pick i mean because daniel craig's bond started with casino royale which was the first book ever written by Ian Fleming of James Bond. Okay. So, All right. Like that is the quintessential Bond, even though we all look at Sean Connery kind of as the as the image of him when you first think about it. Okay. Look, I'm convinced. And Spro, I'm wondering if if um, if if uh, our our flexibility on James Bond can translate to your flexibility on John McClane. I'm a little I'm a little happier. Yeah. James Bond and Ellen Ripley. I, you know, if, if you want to put John McClane in the Eisenhower spot, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Eisenhower was not on Mount Rushmore. But Eisenhower. I think, I, I oh, Roosevelt. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Roosevelt, not Eisenhower. So that leaves us with, and forgive me if I forget any here, that leaves us with these picks that were not impassionately 
debated. Uh, Jason Bourne, the T-800, El Mariachi, The Bride, Johnny Utah, and then I have stars next to Ethan Hunt and John Wick, which we all, uh, both of those, we we sort of agreed could be contender. So right now our Mount Rushmore consists of John McClane, Ellen Ripley, and James Bond. Where do we go from here to pick the last one? Do we just, do we knock off? Do we knock, you know, some of the one voters? Let's do on? that. Let's do that. All right. So who my- would, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spin the wheel and I'm going to see who it lands on. And whoever it lands on, you're going to knock somebody off and you're going to give us an argument. Uh, I'm going to knock off The Bride only because like Rudy called Kill Bill a franchise. And for me, that's just it's one movie just divided into two parts. I do believe that she did well in it. I don't really have like a passion. I just didn't like Kill Bill. And I know like I'm in a minority there, but I just I don't I I don't. I didn't Rude. I didn't like how the first movie started with the second kill and then for the first 15 minutes and then went back and did like this the first kill for like the rest of the movie. I was like, what is this timeline? That has nothing Rude. to do with the bride. I just don't like Kill Bill. Rudy thoughts. <laughs> do you want to tell him to fuck off? I mean, he did make an impassioned <laughs> argument for the structure of the film, not the character <laughs> of the bride itself. But <laughs> Well, since since we're running out of time, I think this is this is how we're gonna have to play we'll it. Cut so the bride. we can cut the bride. Sorry about that. All right, let me spin again, see who gets it. Oh, I landed on Spro again. This is shit's rigged. Well, I have another one. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Jeremy, go ahead. Well, I we, we had come to the T-800, and, and uh, I hadn't had a chance to give my dissertation, so I will do so now in defense and support of uh, the Terminator. going off script. Go ahead. Um, yeah, well, no, just, yeah, so I'm saying, like, for me, I would still make a case. That, that's what I'm doing, right? I'm making a case for who I think should go on there, or are we talking about Well, no, we were talking yeah. about eliminating people, so, so you... Oh, right? eliminating people. Okay, sorry. You can just cut everything I just said, then. You, no, that's okay. Oh. Hey, we're just, we're getting our legs under us here this is good so we've got jason Bourne, the t-800 el mariachi johnny utah ethan hunt and john wick left okay Oof. all right so all right um, this is tough because i you know i mean all right let's let's take a moment to, to revisit el mariachi you son because, of a <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I really didn't want to do it because i was like we just talked about the bride which is also your pick and i'm not picking on you <laughs> But um, so I, like Matt, it's not a, a movie. I saw Desperado in 1995 um, and it was great. I haven't seen it since I have not seen Once Upon a Time in Mexico, I must confess. So for me, like that's why it was such a, a curveball that I felt like, where, you know, what's the impact of, of El Mariachi, uh, of that character? Like where in what what year did Once Upon a Time in Mexico came out? Like the early 2000s or yeah, something? like 04. Okay. So like, you know, what? Like, I mean, I guess you could argue like, you know, maybe 
maybe machete. Um, I'm trying to think of like. Oh, why didn't why didn't anybody take time, machete? That's a great one. Yeah, that, I just yeah. But like, Desperado was very much of its time when everybody was trying to be John Woo, right? Trying to make John Woo movies. Everybody had to have two guns. They had to jump through the air in slow motion. All the gunfights had to be like really choreographed, and like it's very much of its time. And I think it you know it, it captures that time really well. The question is like like if you if you did another like if you suddenly announced like Antonio Banderas was returning to that role, like you know what would the reaction be? You know, what would the uh, impact be? I don't know. This is you got to pick one. I'm, I'm asking myself. It sounds like you're making a case. I'm asking it myself. Sounds like you're question. making a case both for and against Del Mariachi. Well, I think and I'm, say, like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of wanna, debating with myself at this point. <laughs> I just want to throw in that I don't think Robert Rodriguez is ever trying to be like John Woo. I think Robert Rodriguez is a is a powerhouse in himself. I just want to throw that point out. Right, but I think that John Woo influence was like very heavy on cinema. I don't think he was trying to be John Woo like in the same way. Like maybe you know to to bring up another filmmaker, Michael Bay. I think was trying to be John. Well, maybe in the original Bad Boys, and certainly you know um, movies. What was that movie? The, the uh, with with Lou Diamond Phillips and Marky Mark. Big Martin. hit. Oh, big hit. The big hit. The big hit. Like that was trying to be a John Woo movie. Like you know there were uh, you know other movies maybe so that were trying to be more so. But I don't know. It's an interesting. It's an interesting question to me about El Mariachi. But I'm not. I'm not sure if I can't pull the trigger on it. No pun intended. One way or the other. Okay, so are we going to call that? Are we really going to call conflicted. that a pass? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I can't make the. I can't make the All call. Right. So I don't know if he belongs on an on a, a monument of when you can only have four of the most influential and iconic action heroes i i don't know for me personally if el mariachi for all of his admitted you know pluses if he would speak for because all four have to represent action cinema and like put like a final stamp that's correct and i don't know about so i will i will concede el mariachi however i will point out that currently our mount rushmore like the current mount rushmore (laughs) is all white (laughs) and here's the here's the As Jeremy was talking, it it spawned a thing in me that he did the fact that uh, El Mariachi became such a hit because the first film was so low budget. It was like an indie and then Desperado came out and then it was Once Upon a Time in Mexico. You know, I think if we looked at a Rushmore of international action heroes... I think El Mariachi would be easily in one of the top four. Um, just because yeah, well I think Desperado did huge for Mexican cinema and putting Robert Rodriguez and Antonio Banderas on the map and Selma Hyatt, really. Um, yes. And then, you know, that it evolved to From Dust Till Dawn, um, the, what was it, Planet Terror, you know, like mm-hmm. that all, all was spawned from El Mariachi. So I will agree on both of your points, Jeremy, that, it, you know, with the, with the action hero that making up that we're doing now um is he top four of all time of of you know the american box office and the chinese box office probably not but he as an international star action hero i would put him on that rush so maybe maybe yeah i think that's yeah maybe we can save Mm -hmm. i would i would table el mariachi because i'm i'm sure that that down the road um if we're all still friends after this and decide to do another episode there's a place for him but for now i'm gonna strike el mariachi so um so Spro, you cut the bride. Jeremy, you cut El Mariachi. Rudy, you're 
next. You've got Jason Bourne, T-800, Ethan Hunt, John Wick, Johnny Utah. Well, I think it's safe to say, MC, you're safe. All of your Why? picks safe. Well, not Alan Grant. I'm going after going after Jeremy and Spro. No, I'm joking. No, so <laughs> before all of you guys took apart my selections, I was the, the one that turned my ear. Jeremy, I'm sorry. The T-800 is the one that I... Mm. It's not a person. It's not a human being. Like the Mount Rushmore that we have all... I mean, with the exception of Ripley being reborn or whatever, like it's a robot. And when you... I mean, it was portrayed beautifully. It is an iconic action figure. And, um, you know, it, it, it has stood the test of time, kind of. So I, I just feel like that one doesn't really belong because it's not really a person, like a, a human mortal person. Mm, that's an interesting okay. argument. So the, to me, though... No, uh, you go ahead. So th- th- to me, again, the Terminator and his catchphrase, I'll be back, like define action so when people do an imitation of an action movie star or an action movie character very often the first thing they'll, they'll do is i'll be back you know like it's first thing you, you you think of when you think of action heroes or action stars is you think of arnold and then from arnold you go to the terminator because that's his biggest and most does that belong does that so, belong on an action movie tagline mount rushmore though instead of an action movie hero mount rushmore well so if oh. we were if such a mount rushmore were to be yeah. built then most absolutely yeah. all right yeah, there we <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they're moving in herds. They do move in herds. <laughs> All right. Look, on the Jurassic Park, Mount Rushmore, Alan Grant is the first one to go up. That's no, right. Jeff Goldblum. Malcolm. Alan Grant, oh, that's Jeff right. Goldblum, Dodge. He goes on the Sistine Dodge, Chapel. Dodgeson and, uh, and, of and the picture Park. of Gennaro on the toilet. All right. So it's my turn. We've got Jason Bourne, Ethan Hunt, John Wick, and Johnny Utah left. And I'm going to cut Johnny Utah because for as awesome as that movie was, I don't feel like there was any long-lasting legacy that that specific character contributed. Now, the plot and the concept, absolutely. But Johnny Utah as a a specific character in that movie, to me, was probably either the the second most interesting or the third most interesting if you count Gary Busey. Um, Bodie was was <laughs> Bodie was much more I thought charismatic and and um, you know uh, relevant in the movie. Um, whereas the the Johnny Utah character I thought was just kind of predictable. And again, I would if we're talking about action movie tropes or plot elements where cop befriends criminal, um, absolutely. But I think the Johnny Utah character is 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 not going to make it for me. So let's go back around. Or unless you want to, unless you want to tell me to fuck off. No, I was going to be like that. That's totally fine. I'll, I'll throw oh, in okay, the towel sweet. easily on that one. See, look, we're friends. We're mature. We're we're, we're conversing. This is a good. This is discourse. So <clears throat> we've got Jason Bourne, Ethan Hunt, and John Wick left. We could go around one more time and have a cut, or I can spin the wheel and randomly just let fate decide. What do you guys think? I mean, I would kind of. I would I have an argument against John Wick if we want to do that. Okay, let's hear it. Uh John Wick, my only argument with that, and I now I don't know, now I'm kind of like self-conscious. I don't know if I'm approaching everything from a writer's standpoint. But the uh the character development of John Wick, we've gotten three films out of him. I feel like I still don't really know the dude uh himself. Like, 
you know, how we're putting John McClane on there as an everyman. John Wick, I know that he his wife died. I know that his dog was then killed. And then the progression through the three movies, while they're great action sequences, which, you know, float Rudy's boat. I don't know necessarily if I am as invested in him and his story personally, or if I'm just sitting there along for the ride. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Because John Wick was my pick, I'm going to bow out and you three are going to vote. That way we'll have an odd number of votes and he'll either be um, moving ahead or or saying goodbye. So Jeremy, Jeremy, would you vote for John Wick? I would vote for John Wick. Okay. For a number of reasons, although I think that the arguments presented are very okay. compelling. Um, Spro, we know you're against John Wick. Rudy, you're the deciding vote. Does John Wick... Now, this doesn't put him on Mount Rushmore just yet, but it gets him one step closer. I vote for John Wick. Okay, John Wick is moving on to the next round. Um, okay, so we've got Jason Bourne and Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt was yours, Spro. I think mm-hmm. um, closing argument, because I think then we're going to three vote. Oh, no, I'm good. Like, I'm good with what I've said before okay I'll, put, I'll let ethan stand on the on the Ugh. pedestal Ugh. for okay. everybody to look at the gallows right. rudy since you since you uh finished the last vote you go first of whether to keep ethan hunt or let him go either either or oh he, he's gone okay <laughs> that, was, that was that was quick that was fast <laughs> e- wow. ethan hunt is the one percenter of the spy action hero genre <laughs> like, <laughs> and you take offense to that or what yeah i i don't it's not I can't. I lo- I like the movies. He's a great character. But if I'm comparing him <laughs> to Jason Bourne, he's it, Ethan Hunt's out. Okay, Jeremy. Well, I was all set to cast my vote for Ethan Hunt, but Rudy gave me something to think about because you know it's true. Like they're they're both spies, and yeah, like Jason Bourne is blue collar, and Ethan Ethan Hunt is white collar, and um, it's really interesting. So your vote? What's uh, your I, vote? <laughs> uh, it's it is really tough. I think I still I think I still gotta go with Ethan Hunt because of everything I. Said said earlier about how he's sort of reclaimed the mantle of Bond but and because also I think that you know like they like Jason Bourne they did that last movie with him and you know didn't really resonate he had three incredible movies but they've never really been able to keep the franchise going and keep that that character how did vital. we not talk about uh who how did we not nominate the Jeremy Renner Jason Bourne character <laughs> yeah, I don't know <laughs> I, I think all right I think audiences did that so, for us so we've got <laughs> took him we've out got one vote for Ethan Hunt one vote against Ethan Hunt. I'm going to vote for Ethan Hunt to move forward because I think that part of the action hero appeal is wondering what kind of shit that character is going to do next. And I will say that the the James Bond legacy has a lot of that. And having watched the Mission Impossible movies, I feel like there's an element of that that is pretty unique to that franchise and doesn't show up anywhere. You're right. It doesn't show up in Fast and the Furious when they go to space. Ethan Hunt's going to do something ridiculous in his next movie to top what he did in the last move where Jason Bourne is just going to punch you in the throat with a book. Okay. That is true. Sorry, sorry. Jason Bourne did kill a man with a magazine, yeah, I'm sorry. which is very, which, which should be, which should be acknowledged. That is very I lashed important. out. I apologize. And Ethan Hunt will go to space. Yeah, Rudy, you- <laughs> No, Rudy, you that was like your revenge story right there. Like that was like you just <laughs> like you turned into El Mariachi right there. You were like El Mary Rudy. So <laughs> well that leaves us with Jason Bourne and Rudy, he was your pick. So us three are gonna have to decide um who goes through. And then we've got an interesting situation because if Jason Bourne goes through, that's a pick from me, 
a pick from Spro and a pick from Rudy, which means Jeremy would have to decide the final name. And I think Jeremy might have an ulcer already from all this decision making. I think yeah, I think that he's pretty twisted and and, um, and upset. So so we'll have to see how that goes. So Jason Bourne, Spro, catch your vote. This is hard. This is hard. personally. So I my first screenplay that I sold was written if it w- if I and Jason Bourne were the same person, and I wrote the character completely off of that so jason bourne especially the diner scene in the bourne identity is is something that i almost replay like once a month just to watch it because i love that scene so much mm-hmm. but you know if rudy didn't go after my boy ethan hunt oh man I would, <laughs> I See, wouldn't no, be this, so torn. <laughs> this is great this is the, this is the visceral element of the show this is revenge this is revenge right here i just want you guys to know i am standing right now <laughs> <laughs> I, my palms are sweaty my knees are weak um but i'm gonna throw out uh oh yeah know what you know what i'm saying yes to jason Bourne. i'm gonna say wow yes. a turn right at the end all right okay, so well, i just don't yeah <laughs> rudy how many beers in are you uh i think four maybe five five all right, all right. um jeremy thoughts on jason Bourne? oh okay um thoughts on jason Bourne. this is really tough but you know i think i'm gonna vote I, as much as i don't want to do this because it, it may put me in the unenviable position of having the final vote. But I think I'm going to vote for Jason Bourne because Jason Bourne revitalized action movies, I think, in a lot of ways in the early 2000s. They were kind of getting stagnant. Um, and I also think that, you know, Matt Damon was like kind of a joke for a while. Like, you know, I think people didn't take him seriously as an actor. And I think they thought he was like pretty boy and, and whatever. And um, suddenly it was like, oh, wow, you know, Matt Damon's actually pretty cool. And like he kind of won over an entire new uh, fan base off of that movie and off of that franchise and, and i think that he's still riding that wave of respectability to this With day movies like downsizing um, right yeah, well, uh, but, I, but I like The Martian. Like you know, he's he's done some. I think that like what is it? P- people will give him a pass. Like like Ben Affleck gets beaten up all the time for every movie he makes. It doesn't matter. He he just gets beaten up. And Matt Damon, it's like he'll make a movie like Downsizing. It's like oh yeah, that sucked. But you know, he's really good in The Born Identity. So I feel like people still forgive okay, him. Okay, so, so you. So that, I'm going to say yes. That's to two Jason votes Bourne. for Jason Bourne, which means Jeremy, you're going to pick the winner. I haven't I haven't cast uh, my vote for Jason Bourne, and I would have voted against for the exact reason you just said, which is that I don't know there's enough of a difference between the actor Matt Damon as Jason Bourne and Jason Bourne the character. I don't know that 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 action hero character is powerful enough as a and I don't mean physically or um, like cerebrally powerful enough as a character just in terms of the long lasting action hero I would have casted a vote against but two to one so we've got John Wick Ethan Hunt and Jason Bourne John Wick was my pick Ethan Hunt was Spro Jason Bourne was Rudy so that means Jeremy you get to pick the final head on Mount Rushmore this is terrible um Man, all right. Look, so it's down to these three. So I gotta say, now the final two, I gotta say, it's Ethan Hunt and John oh. Wick. I think Jason. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, but I just think that you know, again, um, when you're up against those three, those three characters, and Ethan Hunt and John Wick are like, you know, I mean, John Wick was a character in Fortnite, you know, which is played by children. It's like it's becoming, you know, part of the cultural landscape. But I think ultimately, all right, I think I'm gonna say. 
say my fu- the, my final pick is John Wick. Yes, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I think that a we don't really have a modern a, a, a hero who represents. I know Ethan Hunt still is you know in you know his you know, Tom Cruise is still making those movies, but John Wick is very much like of this era. Like he he came out the first movie came out in 2014. Like he's very much born out of today's genre or today's Hollywood. Um, whereas Ethan Hunt came out of the 90s, and uh, and I think it's it it's he's really the, the the last surviving action hero the way we remember. So I don't I I don't disagree I with anything you said, and I know that tempers have gotten high. I know that we're probably going to be eviscerating each other in the group text once this is all over. But I I have to admit that. I thought that was really fun. And I thought that everybody came like guns blazing, loaded, ready to go with with arguments and with um, support for their picks. And I think that as we move on, more topics and different different shows and different discussions, maybe we'll refine the selection process a little bit. But for right now, the Mount Rushmore we came up with, John McClane, James Bond, Ellen Ripley and John Wick. I have to say, I'm I'm not disappointed with that. Thoughts? Did, did, did anybody have any like uh, honorable mentions? Alan Grant, you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> no, that we, the T eight hundred. That we didn't like because I had a uh, Indiana Jones, Dirty Harry, Mad Max, and Rambo. <clears throat> Yeah, I had Indiana Jones and and Rambo as well. I'm completely surprised that Indiana Jones was not on at least one person's uh, initial first draft list. It's weird. Like, I don't think of those movies, though, as like action movies in some weird way. They're like their own. They exist in their own space entirely. Like to call him an action hero kind of then puts him in a different, like in the same category as like, you know, I don't see him as like a John McClane or whatever. Indiana Jones is like, it almost transcends all. It's of more of an thing. adventure and I had an adventure theory. movie rather than an action movie. Is that fair? Well, I have a whole theory that each movie is a different genre. This is my theory. So Raiders is an action movie. Temple of Doom is a horror movie. Last Crusade is a comedy. And Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is a science fiction. So that each movie is its own genre in and of itself. And Kingdom of the Crystal Skull uh, was also a big piece of shit. <laughs> yes. I don't think that's a genre, though. It might be. I don't know. I didn't see that at Blockbuster. Excuse uh, me. Can you point me to the big piece of shit section? <laughs> yeah. What do you have in the way of big piece of shit? All right, guys. So we did um, it. First show of the Mount Rushmore podcast. And um, again, this was this was intense, to say the least. Rudy, are you still standing up? I, I've been pacing. I'm not lying. <laughs> As, as Jeremy was talking, I said, I swear to God, if he chooses Ethan Hunt, I am flipping out. <laughs> well, see, it was so this close. Is good, though. This it is so good. Close. And that that leads me into our final order of business, which is picking the topic for the next show. So I have another wheel here with about, it looks about like 30 different possibilities ranging. I'll just give you a few examples. Sodas, fictional siblings, movie robots, video game characters, just all over the board. And at the end here, I'll give you some information on how you can submit some categories or even some potential Mount Rushmore head. Right now, I'm going to spin the wheel and I'm going to figure out what's coming up next for myself, Spro, Jeremy, and Rudy on Mount Rushmore. Are you guys ready? Mm -hmm. Here we go. It landed right in the middle of movie robots, and I'm going to spin it again. It landed right in the middle of movie robots, like literally on the line of movie robots and alien movie villains. Let me spin it one more time. Leslie Nielsen gags is one that's on here, too. Oh, 
Okay, this is a good one. The next episode of Mount Rushmore, we will be debating the top four most worthy superheroes. Uh, movie superheroes or comic book superheroes or all superheroes? superheroes. That's what it says. Oh man! So most I have worthy. a feeling. I have a feeling that if we if we're not if if we made it to the cusp of our friendship right now, the next episode is going to push us over the edge. So superheroes is two of a superhero. <laughs> Superheroes is the next category. For now, though, thank you for joining us on this epic first episode of the Mount Rushmore podcast. You can follow along on social media, Instagram and Twitter. The handle for both is at Pod Rushmore, which was not good, not great, but available. And like I said, if you want to tweet or post categories, suggestions, pick our lists apart, tell us why El Mariachi should be on the mountain, we welcome all all discussion, all suggestions. And fellas, like I said, I thought this was really fun and I hope you did too. Oh, I had a blast. Absolutely. So we will be back next time discussing superheroes on this, the Mount Rushmore podcast. Thank you for joining us. Why can't we-